Rusher for the Steelers, who was briefly with the New England Patriots. He said in an interview, and by the way, why anybody would interview Cassius Marsh, I, I can't imagine. But Cassius Marsh says the Patriots treat their players like crap and it wasn't any fun. Okay, first off, Cassius. They didn't treat Tom Brady like crap. Maybe they just treated you like crap because you stink. Cassius Marsh has been with seven teams in eight seasons. So, he stinks. And who cares if it's fun for him or not? Who cares about a guy who's been cut so many times? It's a wonder he ain't bled to death. I'll never get tired of that joke. It amazes me when anybody criticizes how the Patriots do things. I heard Pat McAfee talking about how his coach at West Virginia, Rich Rodriguez. Some players said Rodriguez didn't let them have fun. And Rodriguez found out, he came in the locker room and yelled, my idea of fun is kicking the crap out of somebody. I mean, yeah, New England wins all the time. How can some scrub criticize their method? Yo, Cassius March, you're a bum. Shut up. And guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Not on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815. And they'll take care of all your plumbing needs. Oh, you know who's at my house today? My buddy John. The bass player in L.A. back when for Sweet 19. Tommy Lee's first band. He works for CW Electrical Service. And he installed uh, three new lights in my house. I love hearing those stories. Did we have John on the show ever? We should do that sometime. He's a cool guy. Very enjoyable discussion. And now my lights all work. I'm, I'm reading a book. I think I mentioned it yesterday. Nothing but a good time about the rock and roll explosion in Los Angeles. Hollywood, the Sunset Strip in the 80s. Uh, Sweet 19, that band is mentioned in that book. I'm going to try to have Ricky Rockman on or Brett Michaels from Poison to talk about that book at some point in the near future. Anyway, getting back to Cassius March. Whenever any pro athlete complains that he's not having fun, I'm like, shut the frig up and go home then. You got a dream job and you're bitching, especially a jabroni like that who bounces around from team to team and don't do crap. Uh, great thought by Crowley when he was on. They need to go get Justin Houston. Like, not necessarily even to be a backup. If Justin Houston's body at his age can handle the workload, I'd start him ahead of Alex Highsmith. But the Steelers are all about the guy they drafted and the line of succession and next man up. That's not how I'd play it. I would bring in Justin Houston, then again their cap, who knows what it allows. And I have heard, 
and I said last week, I think, that the Steelers do have a little money available under the cap, but they're not going to spend it. That they are perfectly comfortable with what they have right now. And that sounds ridiculous with some of the holes they have and the lack of depth. But they ain't spent it yet, have they? Makes you wonder. Uh, we talked about that Penguins protected list. Mike DeFabo is going to join me at 5.30 to talk some more about it. I was shocked that Crowley said they should leave Tanev out there because of his contract. I would not do that. I think Tanev and the energy and the physicality he brings... The Penguins need that. They don't have nearly enough of that. But then again, he does get hurt a lot. Then again, it is a long contract. So I get where Crowley's coming from, but the guy I'm angling to lose is Zucker. But like I said, I think the guy they do lose is whoever they leave out there between Bluger and McCann. And it's weird because I think if you left Bluger out there, they might take Zucker. I think if you let McCann out there, they'd take McCann. Does that make sense? To my mind, it does. I don't think Seattle would see Bluger as this great get. So then they might go for Zucker. Because you do need somebody to play, you know, good now. Especially, you know, following up the act of Vegas, making the final as an expansion team in 2018. I don't think Seattle's going to make the playoffs. And I say that even not knowing who any of their players are. But the reason I don't think they're going to make the playoffs is because there ain't no flurry to get. Vegas had that success 75% because they were able to get flurry. And he was great, and the team had confidence in front of him. And I think a lot of GMs who got fleeced by George McPhee, the Vegas GM, in pre-draft deals back then. I mean, I haven't even heard about any pre-draft deals being done with Ron Francis yet, although it's tough to do that before the protected lists are submitted. So, my list is Sid, Gino, Russ, Jake, Kapanen, Tanev, and Bluger. Although now I'm second-guessing the Bluger thing because of what I just talked about. Latang, Dumoulin, and Matheson on defense, Jari and goal. And I would consider exposing Jari if I thought they would take him. Then you go sign Antti Ranta, and you got a better goalie. I think they need to sign Antti Ranta anyway. I always feel like I'm talking about somebody's aunt when I say Auntie Ranta. Well, Auntie Ranta was at the house the other day along with Auntie Ruth. That was my aunt when I was a kid, my great aunt. My my great aunt. I hope my buddy Rob Shellhaus from Westview is listening because he knew my aunt, uh, Rob and Becky, who have a great place up at Conneaut that they are gracious enough to have me visit when I, I stay at Hotel Conneaut. But Rob knew my aunt, and my aunt had a tongue that had a giant like crevice in the middle of it. And when she stuck her tongue out, you could see this, I mean, like, did it make her popular with the guys? I don't know. I mean, just, just, it, it just, just weird. I come from, not a weird family. Okay, maybe weird. But I'm the last in line. See how I shine. So after me, it won't matter. Got to get that Dio reference in there. Okay, 412-333-WXDX. I don't think we've taken a call all day. Did we take, no, no calls yet. Haven't had time. Had Tommy Mack on, had Crowley on. We got DeFabo on at 5.30. If you want to get a call in, call now at 412-333-WXDX. Who would you protect on your list for the Penguins? Who would you protect from the expansion draft? And who do you hope they lose? 
Because that's what this is about, you know. You're angling to lose the guy you want to lose. That's what the expansion draft is about. The, the, the Crowley thing that you got to protect Carter, I do agree that being deep Kim Chi if he got claimed. But Seattle's just not going to claim a 36-year-old center who wants to play one more year. They're just not going to. 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Great show as always. When you got trophy wife, owes money to... I can't even quote the Big Lebowski right. Goodbye. The X at 105.9. <laughs> Penguins, they just signed Teddy Bluger to a two-year contract. Average annual value of 2.2 mil. Uh, why would they sign him now? We'll ask DeFable about that in a couple minutes because see, I thought he was under contract or maybe he was restricted as a free agent. But if they wouldn't have signed him, they wouldn't have to protect him, right? I don't know. DeFable covers the team every day. I'm a mere entertainer. Actually, I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm dancing around this. I don't really know, but DeFabo does, and he'll join us at the bottom of the hour. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Anybody watch the All-Star game? I watched, like, a couple seconds. Just not interesting. It's a true exhibition game. We're not seeing unique matchups like you did back in the days before interleague play. And, uh... So much player movement via free agency. Otani went over two. He pitched one scoreless inning. See, and right there, there's the difference, too. Back when the All-Star game meant something, the starting pitcher would go three innings. You're not going to work his arm to death, but he's the starting pitcher. And they would leave all the starters in there for at least one time through the lineup, oftentimes two times. Back then, there was some pride in the game. Now you're just showing up for the photo ops and the free stuff and home run derby if you're so inclined. When people say the home run derby is better than the actual all-star game, I agree with that. That's only because the game itself sucks so bad. I said before, you watch. You watch what's going to happen. Otani's going to be chasing the home run record. Single season. It'll be invented. The Stooge baseball media is going to say 61 home runs by Roger Maris in 1961 is the real record because everything done since was done with PEDs. Otani's on the pace to hit 60. They're going to talk about him having a chance to be the real home run champion, which is utter bull crap, but uh, that's what sports is now. That's what the media does now. It invents stuff. We author fiction as opposed to reporting facts. Maybe I'm no better. I don't know. I sure get told I'm no better often enough. Okay, first call of the day. Let's go to Travis in Washington. Travis, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, you want to know who I think the pen should drop? I bet this is a joke that's not funny, and I bet we have to bleep it. Go ahead. I was right. 412-333-WXDX. This show was never meant to be participatory. 
You know, I got to tell you, I am curious to see how the Aaron Rodgers thing plays out. Adam Schefter today said Rodgers just doesn't want to go back to Green Bay. But also on ESPN, Jeff Saturday said, well, then why hasn't he sold his house in Green Bay and had all his cars sent back to where he lives in California? Rodgers may not want to go back to Green Bay, but he hasn't made it clear enough that he won't. And that's because he probably will. I hope Green Bay makes Rodgers show up and honor his contract. Because I'm telling you, I've said before, I'll remind you now, football's not that far away from the NBA where the minute a guy wants traded, he gets traded to where he wants, like James Harden going to Brooklyn. James Harden, who had already forced his way out of Oak City to Houston. Maybe Aaron Rodgers should show up at training camp fat. Maybe that'll get him traded like it did with James Harden. Then again, the minute Ben got to camp, somebody would ask him, hey, you don't want traded, do you? Ah, bad joke, just kidding. Ben's getting in great shape. Okay, up next, we're going to talk Penguins expansion list with Mike DeFable. Also going to talk about this Teddy Bluger contract. If you're just tuning in, Teddy Bluger signing a two-year extension for $2.2 million per year. I'm Mark Madden here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9. X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Finishing his checks, causing a constant commotion. Hey, Mr. Madden, how you doing? Sometimes I'm so damn dumb, I wouldn't take a phone call from me. The X at 105.9. The expansion draft is one week from today. The protected list must be in by Saturday. Joining me now to talk about it, he covers the Penguins for the Post-Gazette. He is Mike DeFabo. Mike uh, just breaking a, a little bit ago, Teddy Bluger signed a two-year contract extension, average annual value of 2.2 mil. Now, uh, I'm kind of shocked because I, I must be missing something here. Why would you sign him now and have to protect him? Would they had to have protected him anyway from the expansion draft? And, and if not, why didn't they wait? Right. You know, there was a line of thinking to think if you don't protect him, he's a restricted free agent. Seattle looks at him, and maybe it gives him a, them a little bit of pause where – they want to acquire a guy who then they have to still negotiate a contract with. So to me, this could be tipping their hand that the Penguins plan to protect Teddy Bluger. Uh, he was I, I always one of those so, guys. Yeah. That, yeah, he was one of those guys that was right on the, the border there in terms of like the seventh forward where do you protect him, do you not? The fact that they just doled out a $2.2 million average annual value over two years, uh, that certainly gives me the, the hint or the indication that they plan to protect this guy. Well, the Penguins can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie from that expansion draft. Who do you expect the Penguins to protect, and what are the toughest decisions? The toughest decisions come in the forward core because the Penguins do have a lot of talented players there and some tough decisions, especially when you factor in that Evgeny Malkin just underwent that significant knee surgery. You don't know when you're going to get him back. You don't know what kind of Evgeny Malkin you're going to get back at 35 years old, coming off this major injury. So, you know, the four players that are obvious in my mind in terms of forwards are Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, and Brian Rust. Uh, those guys, I think, are locks to be protected. So then you can protect three more. I would think that the way that they would go is Brandon Tanev, Kasperi Kapanen, and now with this news, I think Teddy Bluger would be the next one. And you can kind of make arguments for all those, and what that would mean is leaving a guy like Jared McCann possibly exposed, even a guy like Jeff Carter possibly exposed and assuming that they're not going to take a 36-year-old guy with one year left on his contract. So those are the, the guys in the discussion. Um, I would think that they 
protect uh, Bluger and leave Carter and leave uh, and, and leave um, McCann exposed. Yeah, that would leave forward. Zucker exposed too. But if they could pick someone to lose, it would probably be Zucker in that contract, correct? Yeah, I mean, the way that I look at it, I think that they would be more than happy to have $5.5 million in salary cap space that they could use elsewhere. There's been mixed opinions on how much Zucker has really fit with the Penguins. Um, the other factor, when they acquired him, it was a time when Jake Gensel was injured. They needed depth in the top six. They kind of have that now. There was also a time when they were really going towards the speed game. And Jason Zucker, while he's a, a pretty good player, he's shown some flashes, you know, uh, if, the, if the new front office wants to shift the focus and try to acquire some bigger, more physical bodies, I'm not sure how much Jason Zucker fits into that. I think that the $5.5 million, especially in what should be a buyer's market and free agency, I think that could go a longer way for the Penguins. But, you know, I, I don't think that Seattle's going to take them one way or another, so I would just leave them exposed and see what happens. What three defensemen would you protect? Obviously, Latang and Dumoulin. Who would be your third? Yeah, I would protect Mike Matheson. Um, and there's an argument to be made. I was listening to you and Crowley talk about it before to leave both Marcus Pedersen and Mike Matheson exposed and basically say, take whichever one of these guys you want. We'll, we'll let you have this bad contract. And, you know, there are still questions about Mike Matheson's contract. Uh, it's really long. It's pretty expensive at $4.8 million per season. Um, but I think that he showed last season that he can excel in the right system. And uh, he wasn't perfect. It was an adventure sometimes on defense. But his skating ability is so elite. On a team full of good skaters, he's the best. And uh, the fact that he stands out like that, I think even if this new front office wants to get bigger on defense and add some more weight back there, I think that Matheson still is worth more to you as a trade piece than he would be lost for nothing in the, in the expansion draft. So he would be the third guy, but I'm not completely sold on him. You know, I think that there's tougher decisions in the forwards. And um, it's almost like they have two defensemen that you definitely protect, Latang Dumoulin, and then I'm not sure that it matters a ton about who that third person's going to be. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. Um, the Matheson contract is always going to make me flinch, but he fit in so good. Like you said, he's the best skater on the team, and he plays the way the Penguins play. Now, uh, given your list, Mike, and I, and I think you're probably right on the money, who do you think they lose? I think that they lose Jared McCann. I think that he would be a pretty decent guy to, to be lost. Uh, he's still just 25 years old, and it's really a matter of which Jared McCann you believe in. You know, at, at times he's looked very much like a top six winger who can also shift over to center, who can be part of a top power play, who has a great shot. Who, um, you know, when the Penguins talked about getting younger, faster, tougher to play against, he was one of those guys that fit that description. At the same time, he's really just such a Jekyll and Hyde type of player. He's somebody who cares a lot and gets in his own head. And when things don't go well for him, they kind of snowball for him, and he, he, he loses his confidence, and he's not the same player. You know, we saw him get scratched in the bubble in the postseason. Uh, we've seen times where he's moved up and down the lineup and gone through slumps, and he was not really much of a factor this postseason as well. So, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting which – you know, it depends which Jared McCann they think that they're getting. Um, and and so, you know, I think that he would be a, a guy that, as, as a young player, has a lot of value because of his age. Um, he makes 2.9-something million dollars. He's still pretty affordable. So I could see him being an appealing young player for a new team. Yeah, I, I'm, I can debate myself on McCann, Mike, and not have a winner because everything you said about him that's good is true. 
but he's 25 and has bounced around to three teams already, and guys like that can generally be replaced. But I, I agree, uh, if if the list turns out as we think it will, I think that McCann is the guy who goes. Now, let me throw a couple scenarios out there. Uh, the first one's far-fetched, but hear me out. Would the Penguins make Jari available and hope that Seattle takes him? The the danger in doing something like that is that now you have to go out and get at least one starting goaltender and maybe two. And so uh, although Tristan Jari obviously didn't inspire a lot of confidence with his postseason performance, and I think that you have to address that position in some way, I would feel more comfortable if I'm GM at adding to that position versus taking away a guy that you once thought was a starter. So I, I get it. You get $3.5 million in salary cap space to use however you'd want. Um, if I were making the decisions, though, I think that I would at least want that safety net where when the game of musical chairs stops, I would want to know at least I have one guy that I at least at one point believed in to be a starting goaltender. I tend to think that's correct. By the way, one thing about Bluger, I'm, and I'm catching up on this, a lot of people on Twitter are saying he signed for bargain price at $2.2 million per year. Do you agree? No, that's his value. His value is right there. Like I, I understand why people like him a lot in Pittsburgh. Um, he's, he's one of those guys you root for as like kind of an underdog guy who works hard. But like, let's not make Teddy Bluger out to be something he's not. He's a fourth-line center um, on a team full of talented forwards. Um, he, you know, he, he was drafted in the second round. He had pedigree, and it took him a long time to get to the NHL. He's only just now starting to show some of his offensive potential. But even then, I'm not sure that he has a ceiling much higher than a third-line center. So, you know, 2.2 is very fair. I, I, I thought he was going to sign somewhere between 2 and two and $3 million. I thought is exactly what he would sign. So uh, I think he falls right in the ballpark of what his value is. Well, I'm glad they kept him, but I agree with you about his ceiling. And I, I will say a reason to keep him is – uh, if you bring back Crosby, Carter, Bluger, and Malkin eventually comes back, center is the most important position in the league, and not many teams will have better than the Penguins. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the way that you picture it. Where And that was what things looked like briefly during the postseason, where you had the potent one-two punch of you know Crosby, Malkin, and then you had the third two-way line with Jeff Carter, and then you got the shutdown line with Bluger. That's why there was optimism in the postseason and, and then obviously it didn't turn out the way that they wanted. But that has been the formula in the past is they, they had those two elite, you know, star centers. Now we'll see if they're still stars as they're in their mid-30s right now. And then they had that third option followed by, uh, a, you know, shutdown fourth-line center. So I, I think you're right. I think that the kind of you could see the way things are setting up for the Penguins if they finally get everybody healthy and once they get Malkin back, that's what they should look like again next season. I see some people saying, and, and, and Crowley said this, that they should leave Tanev unprotected because of his contract. I just don't see that. I think he brings too much of what they don't otherwise have. Yeah, I'm glad you asked me that question because I thought that that was a bad take by Crowley. Uh, I don't, yeah, screw I don't, Crowley. Yeah, exactly, 100%. So you look at Brandon Tanev on paper and you look at his size and he's like, what, 5'11 or something like that, a skinny, scrawny little guy. Uh, and you would think, well, this front office has talked so much about getting bigger and more physical, but here's the reality. If you want to get more physical and be a tougher team, why would you give up a guy that is consistently among the league leaders in hits delivered, hits taken, shots blocked, uh, when Getty Malkin got 
you know, stood up by Jared Nordy. Who was it that came to his defense and concussed Nordy? It was Brandon, little Brandon Tanev. So uh, I don't, this, this guy plays the way that Mike Sullivan likes because of his speed, because of his grit, because of, uh, you know, some of his basically madman personality in the locker room. And then the new front office likes him for all the same reasons. The big word that they use is will. They want players with, with will. And when you watch Brandon Tanner play, uh, you certainly see it, you hear it. Uh, and if you're watching on TV, you can read his lips and see that it's out there. So I think that he, he's somebody that they, they gave him this long contract extension because they wanted a player like that. I don't think that they're willing to give him up for nothing in expansion. Let me tell you a long shot that Seattle could take. I doubt it, but I could see where a team and a guy like Ron Francis would consider him useful is Zach Aston Reese, a guy that finishes every single check. But I think his injury history might negate that. I think uh, for Zach Aston Reese, a reason why I, could, I think they might consider it is they're going to get to select 30 players or 31 players. So 30 players because Vegas isn't included you're not going to have 30 guys on your NHL roster. So you're going to need some guys that make uh, an affordable amount of money who play a role. So that would kind of be the thinking with a guy like that, where, you know, if they do take somebody like that, I think that that's what the kind of their reasoning and the way they would go with him. You don't think there's any way that Hexto would be scared to keep in Carter, do you? To, to protect in Carter, because I don't think there's any way Seattle takes him, but if they did, Pittsburgh would be screwed. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big game of chicken you're playing there. Where you know, with a, especially the, the key to me is with Evgeny Malkin out. Um, you don't know what version you're going to get, and this was an ACL injury uh, that he had surgery on in like June. Uh, it used to be that it took a year for ACLs, then it became eight months. Now I don't know. We could say maybe six. We could just guess and see how long. So you're talking about needing a second line center until at least maybe December. Uh, so if they take Jeff Carter, you're losing a guy that plays on both special teams units, possibly the top power play with Malkin out, uh, definitely on the second power play, and also as your second-line center. You are in a bad, bad position if they take Jeff Carter. So I I still can't use that to justify keeping a 36-year-old guy with one year left. Yeah, I think that it's way more likely that they leave him exposed and take the gamble, um, but they better win if they take that gamble because – yeah, what what's more difficult to replace? A guy like Teddy Bluger, who's your fourth-line center, or a guy who you're counting on to be your second-line center? Um, so I would feel a lot more comfortable replacing a Teddy Bluger. Replace, you, you know, if they take Teddy Bluger, then you plop Jared McCann in there. Or if they take Jared McCann, you've got Teddy Bluger. So you have options at center. Um, so it, I think that they definitely are going to have to think twice, and that's probably going to be the toughest decision is do you protect Jeff Carter or not? Where do they stand on Pierre-Olivier Joseph, Mike? Uh, I thought that Jim Rutherford was a big fan. It's unfair to say that that Hextall and Burke are not, because I can't get a read, but he traditionally is not their kind of player. I I had an interesting conversation with Ron Hextall about P.O. Joseph, and uh, they said basically, well, they said point blank, he's in the minor leagues because that's where he belongs. That's where he is in his development. He's 22 years old. They said point blank, he needs to get stronger. Uh, he faded towards the end of the year, and they said that's often an indication that a player is not strong enough and not big enough and not ready for the NHL. So I asked him, I said, would you feel comfortable with P.O. Joseph starting in the NHL at the beginning of next year? And basically they said no. Basically they said they anticipate he's going to start next year in Wilkes-Barre Scranton. So 
with that being said, that makes me really look at this offseason a little bit differently, where I had initially viewed it as they had a surplus of left-handed defensemen with Dumoulin, Matheson, and Pedersen, and then you simply, you know, you could trade one of those lefties, Matheson, Pedersen, plug in P.O. Joseph, and you're ready to roll. But based on my conversations, at least what they're saying publicly, or at least what they're saying to me, it sounds like they're not necessarily ready to just throw P.O. Joseph in there and, and let it happen. Uh, so that might change some of the thinking, um, and it might maybe delays what they do on the left side of the blue line or changes some of what they do in the blue line this uh, this offseason. I can't get a read on Hextall because, you know, I barely talked to him. But I don't sense a big deal is going to be made this offseason, Mike. And I sense Malkin and Latang will get extended. I think they look at the Islanders series as not a fluky loss, but but a series they deserve to win and as a result, we'll stand pretty much pat. I agree with you there. I think that they really liked the team. I think that they thought they had a good opportunity. And without throwing their goaltender under the bus, they're willing to acknowledge that that was a big factor that shaped the series. You know, I, I talked to Hextall like right before the Stanley Cup final began, and he was saying he felt like they deserved to still be playing. And he felt like they were a, a competitor. So he likes the team. He likes the depth that they have. Uh, they trust the coaching staff. So, you know, uh, coming into this offseason after after losing three straight years in the first round of the playoffs, there was certainly a lot of people clamoring for a lot of big changes and overhauls. But all the indications I've got, it seems like Ron Hexel is going to more so follow his, his kind of uh, track record of being a patient builder who's not going to make quick decisions. And instead, I would expect some little tweaks um, – ahead of next season. Mike, great stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, definitely, Mark. Appreciate you having me on the show. That's Mike DeFabo. Check out his very good work at postgazette.com. Now it is time to ask Mark anything. We've taken one call today. Had a lot of action with Crowley, Tom McMillan, Mike DeFabo, but now it's time to call up and ask Mark anything. Dial 412 333 WXDX. That number again, 412-333-WXDX. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Mark? A lot of gibberish, a lot of booze, a lot of public urination. DX at 105.9. Here's a great headline. Britney Spears' conservatorship case heads back to court. I'm not sure what that means. Is that like that movie, I Care A Lot? Is somebody in charge of her life? Is she being used? I, 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 I don't care enough to check it out. I know one thing, though. She is still hot as frig. And there was a time she was the hottest woman on the face of the planet. No question about that. Uh, time to Ask Mark Anything brought to you by Fox Bet. Make the call. Download the app today. Uh, one final thought on the Penguins expansion list, who they're going to protect from the expansion draft and the new Seattle Kraken team. What a terrible name next Wednesday. You know what they're going to call the arena, don't you? The nickname will be the Crack House. That's a real flattering name for an NHL arena. Uh, Bluger signed today, two years, 2.2 mil. That's an extension that indicates to me he's going to be protected. And I can't help but think they might be scared into protecting Carter. But if we protect Bluger, you can't protect Carter. You can't protect both those guys. No way. Because I think it's a lock 
the Crosby, Malkin, Rust, Jake, Tanev, and Kapanen get protected. There's no way they won't protect all of those. Let's go to Eric in Toledo. Eric, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Yes, first thing, you're correct. Brittany is still stunning. Um, but stunning. Coming off your disc- – yeah, she's ridiculously hot. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you you talked about top American bands of all time. You had Aerosmith, Van Halen, Leonard Skinner. I'd like to throw in Metallica in there. What are your thoughts on them? You know what? I respect Metallica. They're almost too heavy for me. They're definitely, really? if you oh. look at it objectively, and plus mm-hmm. songs like One, they do some songs that just depress the frig out of me. <laughs> okay, but I would, I would put, I can't displace any of the three I mentioned, but I think you would have to go top ten, don't you? Oh, well, top five. I mean, I mean, who would you displace and, for my top three for Metallica? I uh, know that's the thing. It was tough. I can't, like I said, I can't completely dismiss your top three, but I think I would say they could maybe usurp Leonard. Uh, I, I mean, but again, that's hard to say. If they, if they it, did, it, it would be because of a longer existence and bigger body of work. But, but I can't do it. I mean, I don't know if I put them ahead of the Eagles. Even the Eagles are just off my list, and I'm not really an Eagles fan. And uh, if you left it up to me, I'd have Motley Crue on there too. But, but I. They're, I think they might be top ten, though, and I think it's absurd that Motley's not in the Rock Hall of Fame. Let's go to the greatest in Latrobe, the greatest, drone with Double M. Hey, Super. I was, uh, I have Okay, call back when, you're, when your phone is, is better. We like hearing from the greatest, but his phone just crapped out. Uh. Somebody named Bucks Rays had asked me on Twitter, with the pandemic hopefully subsiding, do you have plans to return to England to see Liverpool? Absolutely. The minute I can go to England to see Liverpool, I will. I hope that's in 2022 sometime. And I hate to say this because I said the Legends of Rock Cruise would be my last time seeing them, but uh, I'm not ruling out UFO in Germany. Not ruling it out. Then again, when... Andy was on the show, Andy Parker, the drummer. He said now that Neil Carter's back in the band, that Phil, the singer, was thinking about doing a few more shows. So maybe they'll be yet back to America. And I think Phil's going to do a tour with Michael Schenker to sing for Michael Schenker. Not with Schenker coming back to UFO, but Phil touring with Schenker. That's what I think. Let's go to Steele in Blonock. Steele, you're on with Double M. What's up, Double M? How are you today, up, brother? Mate? Hey, man, dude, this thing about Britney Spears, you literally want to go down the rabbit hole a little bit on it. Um, apparently, her dad gives her two, like $2,000 a week. That's it. And she can't buy a car, and he makes her stay on birth control. She literally can't have the operation. Well, he can't make her stay on birth control. Come on. Yeah, look it up. She has like a, I forget what you call those things in her arm, and he has to sign off as the conservator on any surgeries. I'm not kidding you. It is absolutely nuts. Are you sure um, all this is true, or could this be exaggerated? Well, when she went to court, it was literally, if you read what she said to the court, um, it's all, that's exactly what she said now. Yeah, and i gotta, I got to pick a bone here. Her dad gives her two grand a week. You know what my dad gave me? Bupka, see you later. Yeah, but it's her money. That's a good point. Let's go to Eric in Butler. Eric, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, got a quick question. When you was at that Connor fight on Saturday, did you have your black pen shirt on? 
I did. How'd you know that? Right, crazy small world. I'm heading to. No, did you see me there? And they, well, no, the guy was vlogging where they heard you out in the park of the T-Mobile Arena, and I thought, boy, I look like Mark walking by. I'm like, nah. On TV. Every while, yeah, on YouTube. A YouTube vlogger, then I yeah, rewound I had a, it. I had a Penguins like, T-shirt on, but then again, yeah. you could have guessed that. I wear Penguins T-shirts everywhere. You would have said Liverpool shirt. When I go to Vegas, here's what I take. I take two Hawaiian shirts, a golf shirt, five Penguins T-shirts, and two Liverpool T-shirts. That's my wardrobe. You know, and I take pants and shorts. Let's go to JoJo downtown. JoJo, you're on with Double M. Surprise, Goodbye. Let's go to Trey in Washington. Trey, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Got a quick question for you. I'm curious, as you see all these other colleges around the country rebuilding stadiums, upgrading, do you ever think Pitt will ever go back to having their own stadium in Pittsburgh? Uh, no, I think Pitt made a horrible mistake building the Peterson Event Center and not just putting a football stadium there. They mistakenly thought that something besides football could drive the bus I know how wrong they they were. Uh, I don't want to say who it was, although it might have been Dave Wanstead, who said that uh, who said when he found out that Pitt was building the Peterson Event Center, he said it would be the death of Pitt football. I agree. I agree completely. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody asked me on Twitter, "Will you ever do Steel City Con again?" Well, they have a different owner now, so maybe, but they would have to ask me. Uh, here's a good tweet from Infinity. Shouldn't Carter just tell Seattle, if you pick me, I'm retiring? Not a bad idea. You know, there's a lot of maneuvering with this crap. And uh, Vegas did it real well in 18. Maybe the Penguins should be preemptive here in 21. Or maybe I should just go the frig home. You know what I'm going to call my uh, Steelers viewing parties this fall? The road to 7 and 10. Woo! 105.9 yet.